Hello and welcome to The Family Business. I'm your host Shannon. I'm Donna. And I'm Z. And tonight we are going to be discussing episode 8 entitled Bugs. For we somebody... have thoughts. Yes, we have lots of thoughts. And I'm going to say for somebody who is incredibly arachnophobic, spoilers, that's me, this was kind of a difficult episode to watch in a few different places. As always, we are going to start things off with Miss Donna discussing the female aspect of this episode. And was there really a female aspect for this episode? You know, there were not a lot of female characters in this. There was the mom. Joni. Joni. And then there was the realtor. But by the... (laughs) As Z and I look at each other and go, yeah, we didn't bother to look her name up or write it down. Well, that's all I've got for is Yeah. But remember when I was talking in earlier episodes about defining a character by her relationship to a man? You can define her character perfectly without the relationship to a man. She was the realtor. Right. And she was the best realtor. Yeah. And she lived in that neighborhood. Yeah. She's motivated. Okay. Yeah. yeah. She, had, she had her pitch going. She's a businesswoman. Yeah. yeah. So even though... I mean, really, there weren't a lot of characters in this episode to begin with. Right. But as far as a well-written female character, I'm going to give it to the realtor. I'm going to tell you that halfway through watching this episode, I messaged Shannon. (laughs) (laughs) Like, are you going to be okay? And I will say that I had forgotten that there were so many spiders in this. I, I remembered worms, and I remembered the swarm of flying insects, and I remember bugs coming out of the ground. But I had absolutely forgotten the tarantula that Matthew sends along the bench or the table, whichever it was, to get to the realtor. And I forgot the fact that she dies horrifically with spiders coming out of her shower. Yep. Oh my god. I don't have a problem with bugs or like snakes or anything because when I was younger my mom had two hissing Madagascar cockroaches as her class pets (laughs) and then she decided that those were really gross and she didn't want them in her classroom and brought them home for me and so I had two hissing Madagascar cockroaches as pets for a while and I'd take them out of the cage and I'd hold them and you could scratch it kind of kind of put your finger down their back when they'd be shedding and it would like itch it for them and which is fun to point out because near the end when those bugs, the roaches, whatever, come out of the ground, they're not actual roaches. You will not find those native in America. Or Oklahoma. Yeah, those are hissing Madagascar cockroaches, which are actually pretty common to be used in Hollywood because they hiss and it's really gross. Yeah, (laughs) and they're big. Yeah. I, I do want to, before we go any further, I need to address the elephant in the room, which is that this episode was clearly not shot in Oklahoma. <laughs> Absolutely not. The roads were too nice. Well, let's now here. The, the now, word Oklahoma literally means red earth. Okay, that's what the word means, and that earth was not red, not even a little bit. Now, there's places in Oklahoma where it's redder than others, mm-hmm. but there's no place in Oklahoma where it's not reddish. Well, mm-hmm. and the fact that Oasis Plains is not a real place to begin with. No, now, now county... Atoka is a real place. Sepulpa is a real place. They look nothing like what is depicted in the episode. There's a point where the realtor is watching the news and it says Atoka Valley County. There is no Atoka Valley County. No. There is an Atoka to- County. Yes. And there is an Atoka Town. Yes. Um, but I actually was looking up as we were going along all of the geography of it. And, you know, they were like, it's about 60 miles away. It's about da 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 And they did their research. All that stuff checks out. And you right. can pinpoint about where yeah. Oasis Plains would be. And it's... Yeah. Part of the problem, too, is the fact that in Oklahoma, while we have 
pine trees, like other parts of the world do, they are not as tall or <laughs> as big as the ones that you clearly see as soon as they drive into town. Mm-hmm. Ours are more like Christmas trees around here. Scrub pines, I've yeah. referred to as. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't they just don't get that big. Yeah. So for those of you who are hoping that you got, you know, a glimpse of the fabulous state that is Oklahoma. You got a shot of somewhere in Canada, so I apologize for that. You really missed out. <laughs> you absolutely hey, are. In all seriousness, there are places in Oklahoma that prove that God loves us because it's gorgeous. This is true. Turner Falls is pretty great. Turner Falls is pretty great. So the other thing that I want to discuss that has the Oklahoma aspect of it, and this is probably going to play right into Z's usual mythology, is the fact that anything set in Oklahoma for some reason, always has to deal with Native Americans. And that can be a good thing. It can also be a bad thing. And at times, it can be a cheesy thing. So, Z, what are your thoughts on the mythology behind this and the fact that we're dealing with more Native American lore? I actually... Okay, so Skinwalker was a big issue for me, the, the episode, as I've mentioned in, like, the last two episodes. But this episode actually... I feel like did pretty true to the mythology. There really is a tribe called the Yuchi tribe. They are in Sepulpa. And the actors appeared to be actually Indian. Yes, this is true. What is pretty interesting is you can tell when an actor is a native actor that has like grown up on a res or anything because they have the certain cadence to their voice yes. that you can tell that English is not their native language. And most people just think that's part of being a wise old Indian man. No, that's part of the language. Mm-hmm. And you could hear that in the, the man's voice. The way um, he would occasionally leave out a word mm-hmm. and yeah the almost it was almost sing-songy in the way he yeah, talked it, yeah. very rhythmic yeah. if i i'm just saying that's like one of my favorite things about anytime a place is set in oklahoma is you get to hear some of native american actors who speak uh, their native language you get to hear them and it's just so pretty and that, yeah anyway <laughs> that's off topic but yeah so the the yuchi are mound builders they're native actually to the tennessee river valley in tennessee and they were forced over to oklahoma in 1830 which is seems to be the only dispute in uh, the history of what is presented according to the legend in the episode they came over 200 years ago which if you do the math is like 1805 so they're like 25 years off the legend is actually false and i talked to a friend of mine that is full-blooded native and has lived on a reservation before and i i asked her about it to see if it was you know if this if this episode was offensive or not and she said that it's actually not that big of a deal to create false legends like this mm-hmm. whenever they don't misconstrue part of the religion because it's like any other story you would hear that's made up outside <laughs> of the going back to i mean th- this was this whole episode was a little bit of a poltergeist callback with yes. the mm-hmm. with the housing development that's and yeah, that's true the legend in the episode, though, is that 200 years ago, there was a band of Yuchi ancestors that were living in this air, this Oasis Plains area, and the cavalry came in to move them, which is another historically inaccurate aspect, because they wouldn't have been moved. They would have just been stuck there. The only people that forced the Yuchi out were the Cherokee who were coming in on the Trail of Tears. Anyways, and, and the cavalry came in and raided them day after day for six days, and then on the sixth night, as the chief lay dying, sent out a prayer to the heavens that no white man would ever tarnish this land again and that nature would rise up and protect the valley, bringing as many 
days of pain and misery as the cavalry had brought to them. So that's the legend for the story. That's really the only mythology. There's not a whole lot to check out with it other than the historical aspects of it. And again, it's a fictional show. Right. So as long as they're not screwing with the religion or the, you know, the, the culture that is not open to the public, then it's not really that big of a deal. I had a thing that struck me. Yes. Just a funny thing. Okay. As soon as the kid, Matthew, came on screen, I looked at him and went, that kid's really familiar. And so I had to stop and go on IMDb. And the reason I'm recognizing him is not from this episode, but the fact that he was in the Hillywood Supernatural parody. I didn't see that. I don't know what that is. Oh, you guys. I believe I have seen it, but it's been so long. Was it Was it the musical one? No. Donna looks like she's going to murder us. No, I'm just sad. I'm just really, really I've deeply seen like sad. A, I've seen a <laughs> musical. Okay, I'm going to put a link in the show notes for this episode to the Hollywood Supernatural parody. And as soon as we're done recording, I'm going to make these two watch it because it's <laughs> fantastic. So you guys go watch it. And we're going to watch it right after. Okay, very cool. So anyway, but I know him more from the parody than I do from the episode he was actually in. I also want to say, when the realtor died, I am not arachnophobic. I think spiders are cool. But if Mm -hmm. one crawled across my eye, I would not just wipe it away and go on. Okay? I mean, I would wig out if a spider crawled across my eye. And she was so cool. Oh, I've killed Shannon. I broke Shannon. Guys, what what you can't see I broke Shannon. is that I'm sitting with my hands over my ears, my elbows kind of like together and freaking out. So <laughs> I, I am incredibly arachnophobic. And, and as I told you guys, I sat with my hand over my eyes and, and typically my husband would be in the room and he would tell me whenever the bad scenes are over so I could watch again. But in this case... I couldn't do that, so I had to wait till I heard Sam and Dean's voice. I had no freaking clue that a spider crawled across her eyes. That just mm-hmm. breaks me at a fundamental level. Oh my god! If it so, helps, it was really bad animation. Oh, I'm oh god. yeah, yeah. The animation it looked. <laughs> it like, doesn't help. But, I, what I was saying ooh. before the episode was the animation just looks like somebody rubbed their finger in some like charcoal or something, and then just put some thumbprints on the wall. And, like, animated that because animation on it sucks. But when I was younger, I was sleeping in my bed. My bed was right underneath the window. There was, there was like, some kind of moth or locust or something fell off the windowsill and hit me in the face while I was sleeping. And I, like, wigged out when I was sleeping. So seeing that scene, and I'm not arachnophobic at all. Like, I'll pick up bugs. I'll pick up, you know, like, anything. Like, that's not a problem for me. But that one, it, that scene made me cringe because I was just, like, remembering that time when I was asleep. And, nope. I didn't like that. Okay, I wish I could get a video because I'm about to say something and I really wish I could get a video of this. When I was a kid... Send help. (laughs) I used to catch moths and put them in spider webs. You asshole! I was feeding the spiders. Who cares? And the spiders would just vroom down there. (laughs) I have to stop before I... Shannon's traumatized and I'm sad. Oh god, I just... (laughs) Yeah, spiders are disgusting. So let's talk about something (laughs) else. Something that doesn't make me dread the fact that I'm probably going to have nightmares tonight. And we'll end up calling Donna and Z in the middle of the night to, like, freak them out, too. Yes, Z. My phone doesn't ring after 11. (laughs) I want to point out that... I have my ways. (laughs) I wanted to point out in the beginning when Dustin, the Oklahoma gas company worker. Gas and power. Gas and power company worker. Also um, not a thing. Yeah, also not a thing. 
falls down a hole. He goes, Travis, send help. I've broken my ankle. And Travis goes to get a rope. Like, he doesn't call 911. He's not like, oh, my friend is seriously injured. I'm just going to have him wrap this rope around some part of him and hurt him some more as I pull him out of this hole. Well, in, in his defense, I have been to Atoka. It's not it's not a huge town, but it's not a hole in the wall, a blip in the road, wherever whatever you want to call it. I don't know for a fact that they have nine one one, but they were obviously in a housing development that looked like it was out in the middle of nowhere. So by the time an ambulance got out there, not that he was going to live anyway, but he probably would have died from the blood loss that he had sustained from the horrific break of his ankle. So also, nobody nobody even mentioned when Sam and Dean came on the scene and they're like, let's just cross this police tape line <laughs> yeah. and then we're going to crawl into this hole. Like, nobody cared. Nobody. Well, not only just crawl into the hole, but we're going to grab this garden hose that's conveniently what? right here. We're going to wrap it around ourselves, lower ourselves into the hole. Uh-huh. Nothing to see here. Go about your business. Yeah. yeah. I, I get it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, at this time, we are going to go ahead and take our quick little break. Well, let's start with asking you to please go to iTunes or Google Play and give us a rate, a review, and maybe a subscribe. It really helps us out when you do that. And if you give us a nice review, it gives us a warm fuzzy, and we like that. Please consider tweeting about us or tell a friend about us because they will appreciate you turning them on to such good, good, insightful entertainment. We have some sister podcasts. Once more with Feeling, the 20th anniversary Buffy fancast. Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, A Good Ghoul's Guide to Horror, where we discuss horror movies. And then there's Collective Snark, which is just your basic pop culture podcast where we talk about um, a whole bunch of things. You can interact with us on social media. You can find all of the Snarkcasts at snarkcasts.tumblr.com. And you can find us on Instagram, this particular podcast, The Family Business, at the Family Business underscore SPN Fancast. And then you can interact with us on Twitter at TFB underscore SPN Fancast. You can find all of our podcasts on Gumby Cat Networks. That's GumbyCatNetworks.com. There's a whole bunch of casts on there. There's Tragic Missile, which is a D&D podcast. There's Art, I Swear, Majaday, and RPG, which are your basic culture podcasts. There's one about all things Phantom of the Opera. And I would really suggest you drop by and see what else you can find that might be of interest to you. So if you're native to Oklahoma, then you know that for the longest time, our only area code was 918. Or at least it was in like Tulsa and the surrounding. There was there was 405 in Oklahoma City and 918 here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So actually, 405 was for everything other than the Tulsa area. Oh, really? I thought it was the other way around. No, it was like for everything. Okay, well then just kidding, I'm lying. <laughs> anyway, so one if you're if you're native to Oklahoma, then you know one of the one of the area codes for your phone number begins with a nine one eight and in the end when the family is leaving, they have a, a DIY moving truck outside of their house and the number on the side that you can call begins with a it's a nine one eight area code. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fun. And they have the old Oklahoma license plate. Like we're just this, we're changing yes. them this year to like this this weird scissor tail flycatcher blue and white plate. And before that That's our state bird. Yeah. But they didn't need to change it. They just changed it not that long ago. Anyways, I have opinions. And then, <laughs> <laughs> that have nothing to do with supernatural, don't worry, we won't be discussing them here. And then 
Anyways, and so then the one before the one that we're changing now was a native statue at Gilcrease. I think it's at the Gilcrease Museum, which is really pretty if you're ever in Oklahoma. And then before that, it was the Oklahoma state flag, yeah. and which would have been our license plate in 2005. Right. And when you see the license plates on several cars throughout the episode, it has our old license plate on it. And it says Native America. Yeah. So I thought thought that was pretty fun that they they did their research. I mean, they they couldn't import all of the necessary trees and shrubs. (laughs) So they did everything else. (laughs) Can we talk about how much family drama is addressed I am glad that you brought that up because yeah. I definitely wanted to talk about that. So Sam and Dean had so many conversations oh. with multiple levels as they talked about Matt, but we're actually talking about each other. Yes, mm-hmm. and and I think probably the the biggest one or the most the one that brought the most contention between them was whenever Matt was talking about how you know his dad doesn't listen to him, his dad doesn't really care about him. And Sam says, well, don't worry, something magical is going to happen in two years. And he says, what's that? And he says, you're going to get to leave and go to college and leave all of this behind you. Mm-hmm. And Dean just almost, it's, it's like Sam turned around Trail. and punched Dean right in the freaking gonads. Because Dean says, or, you know, you could stop telling him that and let him know that, you know, family is the most important thing. Yep, and and obviously that's not exactly how he says it, but that's that's Dean's uh-huh. take on it is that no, it's life is about family, mm-hmm. and, and you then, shouldn't be telling them differently. Yes, and then a little later on, when Sam is trying to use Matthew to get his family out of the house, Sam starts saying, "Make them believe," and Dean is like, "No, just lie to them." Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was an interesting, also bit of family dynamics. Tell them you've yeah. got appendicitis, get them out of the house. In Skin, Dean talks to Sam about lying yeah. to his friends and stuff. And he's mm-hmm. like, you can't do that. You know, like, you're not going to be able to. Or, like, yep. even if, uh, omitting a little bit mm-hmm. is still a lie. And then in this one, Sam's like, you got to tell the truth. And Dean's like, nope, nope, you got to yep. lie. Yep. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, it, it's funny because those are part of the contradictions that make it into episodes sometimes. Mm-hmm. In episode six in Skin, it was Sam who was like, this is up our alley. This is the thing that we need to look into. And Dean's like, oh, you're full of it. And then in episode seven, Hookman, it's reversed where Dean is like, no, we really need to check this out. And Sam's like, there's no way this is even real. So mm-hmm. we, we have that consistent flip-flop yeah. Sam, throughout the episodes. Sam does that throughout season one, I think. Pretty, I think... I don't know if maybe it's just because he's supposed to be so focused on finding dads so they can find Jess's killer, but it really does seem like a lot of the time Sam's like, no, 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 we don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. Episode three, he does that with yeah. Dead in the Water. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, that's not anything. It's just drowning. The other thing, too, and, and we kind of touch on this with how Sam and how Dean shows Sam or tells Sam that he loves him without really saying it. And in this episode, it was a little bit more difficult to find, but I think that it came in mixed in with the the freaking, you know, steel glove that Dean was wearing whenever he's just kind of beating Sam down. Mm -hmm. He tells Sam, Dad used to come by Stanford all the time whenever he was free just to make sure that you were safe. And I think that Dean was also it was kind of partly using that as ammunition of like, hey, you're being a dick about Dad, you need to stop it because of... You know, mm-hmm. this. But at the same time, I, I think that it was 
also partly his way of saying, look, Dad really does care about you, and I probably shouldn't be telling you this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Mm -hmm. And obviously it has the desired effect on Sam. Sam's contrite. Sam is like, oh, hey, you know, I really need to apologize to Dad. But then, of course, he follows that up with, or Dean follows that up with, uh, but of course, you know, in five minutes you guys will be back at each other's throats anyway. Because that's how family is. Let's Mm -hmm. just face it. I thought that was another little aspect of of Dean saying I love you. It was that conversation at the end because it wasn't just... Because those those conversations happened at two different times. Right. So this one in the end, whatever, where Sam's kind of feeling feeling really bad, you know, and he's like, I really should apologize. Dean, knowing that Sam is still grieving over Jess, doesn't let him wallow in it. You know, he kind of makes a joke out of it. I thought that was another way, a really subtle way to be like, I love you. Yeah. I can agree with that. One thing that I really, really want to discuss with this episode, and I hit on this in episode seven, Hookman, and that is, once again, Dean's homophobia. And in this episode, to me, it's even more blatant than it was in the previous episode. So Sam and Dean, they go to the housing development and they realize that there's like a huge open house. They realize that there's barbecue. And of course, Sam gives Dean hell about, oh, well, you just want to do this because there's free food. But they go up to the developer's house, to Larry's house. They knock on the door. Larry opens it up. They say, hey, you know, we're interested in buying and all of that. And so Larry gives his speech of, you know, well, all people are welcome here, no matter, you know, color, creed, race, religion, or sexual orientation. And the look on Dean's face, Dean is, in my opinion, pissed off that Larry has said this. But the juxtaposition to that is the fact that Sam smiles, and Sam almost, to me at least, has this look on his face of, that's actually pretty freaking open-minded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially, especially for, for Oklahoma. Oklahoma in 2005. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so Dean has to... So they have to make a point of pointing out, well, no, we're brothers. But like I said, the, the look on Dean's face whenever he said that was just... It looked like he was so pissed off. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we go outside and, and the realtor lady is like, hey, you know, same spiel and everything. And again... Sam's kind of smiling. Dean, while he's not as angry as he was the first time, he does kind of play this one off with the joke of, like, smacking Sam on the shoulder and calling him honey. honey. He says, I'll, I'll be uh, inside talking to, to Larry, honey. And then yeah. he like, I thought he slapped him on the butt, but I couldn't really see. It may have been. <laughs> but, and of course, Sam at that point is just... I, 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 I wouldn't call him angry, but he's obviously not happy with what Dean has just done. Because oh, gross. He, he's <laughs> left him in this situation where now this woman does think that he's gay instead of giving the explanation. The that they one, had already given. Yeah. We, we discussed this briefly beforehand, and the one comment I had to make, and, and I will grant you that throughout, throughout the series, Dean does show some, well, I'm just saying homophobia, they are brothers. It looked to me more like horror than being pissed off, but whatever. He obviously had a negative reaction. Right. They are talking about them being brothers, and I, I think that may have been at least as much of the reaction like, ooh, you think I have sex with my brother? But the thing is is that you have to look at this, I, I, in my opinion, from Larry's aspect, that he's got two guys who are of similar age standing in front of him, mm-hmm. and they say, basically, we're looking to buy a house. Yeah. Typically, two guys are not going to be going together 
to say, hey, we're looking to buy a house right. unless they are literally together. Sure. And they don't even look that much like brothers, honestly. No. In fact, I remember the first episode I saw, I was basically assuming that Jensen Ackles was from Boston. He looks very East Coast. And Jared Padalecki looks like he comes from California. And, of course, both actors actually come from Texas. But I was like, no, the short... He's not short. He's six foot tall. The shorter one looks very East Coast. The taller one looks very West Coast. They don't look like brothers. I, I guess they just have such good chemistry that eventually I forgot they don't look like brothers. Right. And they're also both really hot, so... Like, <laughs> I mean... Yeah, they are. So but, yeah, it's an easy <laughs> assumption. <laughs> I, I kind of wanted to point out that in both situations, so far in this season that you've pointed out Dean's homophobia, is he plays it as a joke afterwards. Once he gets over the initial, like, uh, of it, he plays it as a joke. Because in the last episode, Hookman, you know, he says, oh, that's not my thing. And then he has Sam paint the guy's back. And then he goes, you missed a spot down there near his, his down there. And then in this one... He makes a joke out of it, you know, and he's like, I'm going to be inside, honey. He, like, smacks the butt. Well, I will say where homophobia is concerned, that's also a typical homophobic response. Yeah. In that, one, it, you know, in order to come across as not being homophobic, you make inappropriate jokes about it. Mm -hmm. And I know that, obviously, we're going to discuss the, the homophobia or the perceived homophobia as we really get into future episodes, which I'm not going to spoil right now. It still remains problematic. But as we discussed in the Hookman podcast, it's something that changes. It's something that becomes less pronounced. It's something that Dean not necessarily grows out of, but seems to mature as the writing improves, as the you know, as we become more familiar with the characters, more comfortable with the characters and everything. And I think that that also goes hand in hand with how, as Donna has said, the female characters progress from basically just pretty set dressing to actual realized people. Mm -hmm. So it seems like pretty often throughout the episodes, there is somebody that uh, one of the brothers or both of the brothers can identify with. And mm -hmm. very clearly in this one, it's Matt. Right. But also the casting in this episode was pretty interesting because very clearly Larry and Matt look related. Right. But also maybe it's just the way they stylized Matt's hair, but it kind of seemed from like nose up, Matt looked Quite a bit like Sam to me. With yeah. The, with the hair. Yeah the, yeah, the shaggy hair and stuff. And I don't, I mean, that was just a little thing that I wanted to point out. Because we, we tend to draw those conclusions throughout our episodes. Is right. The relations that the guys have with yeah. other characters. And two, Matthew was the nerdy brainiac yeah. who was looking at getting away from the family and everything. So yeah, you're absolutely right. The correlation that <laughs> this is Sam's doppelganger pretty much mm -hmm. was very strong. Yeah. So. So, Donna, you wanted to mention something else? I did. I thought there was a really nice touch. When they went to go talk to the Yuchi tribe, there was this long shot that kind of contrasted with, you know, even with them building those houses, mm -hmm. those were clearly luxury houses in a luxury oh, yeah. neighborhood. And when they arrived to on talk the reservation. on the reservation, there was a long shot of just the bare dirt, the the, the kind of not nice houses. I mean, they really were letting you see the right. contrast between these this luxury addition and the way the people on the reservation were living. I thought it was a really nice touch that didn't yeah. 
beat you over the head. Yeah. yeah. They, they portrayed the Elder really well, too, because a lot of the times it seems like when you have a Native American character, it's either a female who's highly fetishized, mm-hmm. it's an old man who is smoking his pipe and he's super wise and all of the things that he says are really profound and symbolic and stuff, or he's a drunk and, like, is really super stupid. And right. they played him really well. Yeah. Like, like he was wise because he was very knowledgeable on this thing that they needed to learn. I also right. liked that he was calling them out on lying. I, he was like, he's like, you're lying. And then he yeah. was like, all right, so the truth is, and he goes, no, no. Yeah. The people that say the truth is are lying. Yeah. And then Sam's like, tells them the truth. And he's like, I like this guy. Yeah. He just, he seemed like a real person. Yeah. I like yeah. The one last thing that I wanted to point out, and I'm going to kind of channel comic book guy from the Simpsons, shortest night Ever. Right? <laughs> oh my god. That night lasted like 30 freaking seconds. Mm-hmm. I mean, because they arrive at the house and it's like midnight. And then they're like, oh, they're trying to get through the windows. And oh, they're trying to do this. And oh, let me get this, you know, makeshift flamethrower. And they're chewing through the thrower. fucking ceiling. Yeah, and then they go into the attic. They're chewing through the roof. And then... Oh, sunshine. And can I mention that this was supposed (laughs) to be at the time of the equinox, which means night was 12 hours. Yeah. Actually, the equinox had happened the the week. Seven days, six days before. Yeah. Okay. 11 hours and 45 minutes. But still, (laughs) still, yeah. That was like the shortest night in recorded world history. Yes. That was hella ridiculous. And I don't use hella like ever, but oh my god, that was ridiculous. I use hella all the time. And that's why I did. <laughs> ridiculous. Mega ridiculous. Exactly. So I want to thank everybody for joining us and we invite you to come back next week whenever we will be discussing episode 9 entitled Home. So until then everybody, carry on. Jerk. Bitch. Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow. Meow.